guys, and welcome to the Well-Read Sisters podcast. We are so happy that you guys are here, and we just wanted to say thank you for showing up and for tuning in with us this week and all of the following weeks. We started this podcast as a way to share our love of all things books, reading, and authors, and to be able to share that love with the world. We are so happy that you're joining us, and we hope you are just as excited as we are about this episode. So buckle up. Let's go. And welcome to the Well-Read Sisters podcast. Um, it's a little bit of a different setup today. I actually don't have my uh, counterpart, my other half, uh, Michelle, here today. It is just going to be me, uh, Becca, here to talk about one of, I think I can safely say, and I can like picture Michelle laughing as, as I'm saying this to myself right now, I can easily say that this has probably been my favorite series of all time. It's definitely up there. It's, it's a top 10 for sure. And hands down, probably, I mean, so far the best three books that I have read in 2020 hands down. Um, I am so excited to be able to sit down and talk about it with you guys. I'm so excited to get in into it, get into the story, the characters, it, it was incredible. And I want to go ahead and preface this because there is going to be a whole episode dedicated to this. You know, Michelle and I unfortunately had to take a little bit of a hiatus. We had um, a lot of stuff just kind of going on behind the scenes in both of our personal lives. We have a lot going on. You know, she's in uh, South Carolina. I'm in New Jersey. There's a lot that goes into recording and editing and doing all of the things. So we've just needed a little bit of a break. Um, So if you are new, welcome. Um, If you've been tuning in for the first seven episodes, welcome back. Um, If you want to catch up, you know, on any of the episodes we've recorded before, um, we have seven episodes that are out right now on Spotify and Apple podcast. You can go ahead and catch up. What Michelle and I really love about doing this podcast and talking about these books and picking specific books, what the best part about this is there's like no order that you have to go in. Um, So, you know, if you decide to pick up Beartown or One Italian Summer or, you know, any of the other books that we are going to end up picking month by month, you fully are able to go read the book on your own and come back at any point and listen to the episode. Um, two really exciting episodes coming up. Uh, Michelle and I are going to probably be sitting down in the next few weeks to record um, The Song of Achilles by Madeline Miller, which was our book club pick for um, like June and May. And we are also going to get down and record, which I'm so, so excited to talk about because I just finished the book um, yesterday, The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue, which was phenomenal as well. So those are two really exciting episodes that are going to be coming up sometime in the near future, but we're not here to talk about the near future. Um, I am here to talk to you guys about, I think I can safely call this the most popular series on book talk. I feel like pretty, maybe not the most popular. I feel like that's secure, secured by Sarah J. Mass's series, but I feel like this is a really, really close contender because I am on book talk. Um, 
on my personal TikTok and I go on all the time for our our page as well for Well-Read Sisters, which I have to get better about posting content on there as well. But I have seen the Ravenhood series by Kate Stewart. When I say everywhere, everywhere, literally everywhere, talking about the series, the characters, the TikTok like sounds that come, you know, that have been on it. So after seeing how much hype it got, I really, really wanted to find out if it lived up to it. Um, And I ended up purchasing all three books in the whole series um, and read all three um, front to back, you know, and really annotated it and like did all of the things to really, really kind of get everything I could from the story. And guys, you know what, we'll get, we're going to get to it. I'm so excited, obviously, to be able to talk about it. this is a series that I'm going to be recommending to Michelle, my other sister, my mom, or anybody who wants to read this really, really does need to go pick it up because it is phenomenal. It was so, so good. And I think I can safely say that guys, yes, it does live up to the hype that Book Talk gives it because it exceeded any and all expectations I think that I could have had. I don't, I, anything I thought, it just completely, completely exceeded it. So Um, You know, Michelle and I, like I said, had to kind of take a little bit of a break. Um, So I was doing a lot of reading in that break, Um, just kind of enjoying it. Like I said, I purchased this series because I really did want to read it. Um, Michelle was on vacation for a week with our family. Um, I ended up finding out that I got accepted into the doctorate of social work program here at a college here, which I'm going to be starting in September, which I'm so, so thankful and excited about. Um, it's just been, it's been really, really good. I am making progress on my reading goals. I think I officially hit 71 books out of 200, um, yesterday, which I'm slowly chipping away guys. I feel like this is the most, I usually hit a slump around this time of year, but like, we're still ticking boxes and we're, we're chugging along. So it's, it's really, really good, but okay. The moment you're all waiting for the moment everybody has been waiting for, I'm sure is to get into these books. And the Ravenhood series by Kate Stewart is made up of three books. The first book is Flock. The second book is Exodus. And the final book of the series is Finish Line. I think it's just Finish Line. I don't think it's, yep, the Finish Line. So I, and I've said this before, if you're on Book Talk, I am sure you have seen certain quotes from one of the books. I don't wanna, I don't wanna jump ahead because like I said, it really, it, it needs to go in order. It deserves to go in order. I had seen a quote all over Book Talk because people kept playing. It was a sound where they took, I guess, some of the most popular lines from the audiobook and like put them together into the sound and like people would react to it after they read the book. And some of the lines that were in it were just so beautiful. And I was like, you know what? I think I just need to find out if these books are, are really that good. And guys, like I said, it, it didn't it didn't disappoint. Um, so how, how could, how, how can I describe this? I think for me, the, this series left me with like one of the worst book hangovers I think I've ever had in my life. Um, and for those of you who don't know what a book hangover is, and I don't know if this is like a, a well-versed like term, but it's something that like my, my sisters and my mom and I would always say to each other, like, oh, a book gave me like a book hangover. 
And basically what a book hangover is, is when you read a book that just, it literally makes you like, you're like all in your feels. Like it emotionally just completely tears you to shreds and you feel like when it's over, you're like, your heart is just shattered, like on the floor because you're so sad that it's over or it just really made you feel things. And you get, you like, feel like you're hungover almost afterward, like after the book is over and like, that's it. And you have to go on to something else. You have like these hangover symptoms and I can like count probably on one hand, how many books have given me probably the worst book hangovers I've ever had, but like, I haven't had like a really severe book hangover in like a long time. It's been a really long time for me, actually. Um, I think the last like book hangover I had honestly was uh, Tell Me Lies by Carol Levering. And I did for Where the Crawdads Sing, but it definitely wasn't as an intensive one. This, I needed a really good one. And guys, I got it from the series, like hands, hands down, got it from this series. Um, the book opens up with this like little excerpt from um, one of her so the one of her I haven't even introduced to her is um so the story follows ultimately Cecilia Horner who is our like heroine in the series um she's like our our protagonist basically and Cecilia ends up I don't even know how to do this justice obviously guys there's spoilers ahead so if you are planning on reading the book this is your last warning to turn to turn back um but so the book opens and Cecilia is talking about this like it's like an excerpt from something called the thorn birds and it talks about this bird that what they do is they leave the nest and they look for like a thorn tree and they'll essentially like impale themselves on a thorn and as they're dying, they'll sing like this, like beautiful, like haunting melody. And it, she talks about this a lot throughout the series. Um, she compares it to like her favorite book and I, I'm jumping ahead because it, it's going to come into play later. Um, anyway, so Cecilia Horner ultimately is a very, very lonely girl. I think that is the best, best way to describe this. Um, her father, Roman, is like a multi, like billionaire, like really rich, really, really important CEO of his own company um, and very, very absent father. He really is not present at all in her life, like whatsoever, has really no little to no relationship with her. Um, and what ultimately ends up happening is he basically says to her that he wants her to come to live with him in the summer before she starts college. So after she graduates high school, she essentially comes to live with him for the summer and he wants her to work in the factory to get to know the business and after the, after the year is over and once the fall rolls around and everything is done, is said and done, um, it's essentially he is going to basically sign over her share of the company um, because he is, he, I mean, he has only has one living heir, which is her. 
Um, and her and her mom were not wealthy whatsoever. Um, but it will end up giving her and her mother enough money to, to really have the kind of life that they've always wanted for themselves. And, you know, her mother who has essentially raised her, um, is she's doing it for her mother, you know, to be able to give her mother the life that she deserves because they really grew up really struggling to make ends meet. Um, so he, so she essentially is going to be working at his factory, learning the tricks of the trade. It's, it's a lot. Um, and it's in this, like, I don't want to call it backwoods, but it's a little, little town. It's not, there is not a lot, a lot, not a lot going in this town, I should say. Um, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, it's uh, in Triple Falls. I don't remember the state that it's located in, but the name of the town is Triple Falls. Um, and she ends up moving into this like mega mansion and is basically going to just be spending the next year with her father, learning the company, learning, you know, all the ins and outs of it. And then she's going to go off to college and that's really supposed to be what the plan is for her. Um, so she ends up going to her orientation at, you know, the, at, at uh, Horner Technology, which is her father's company. And sure enough, she literally bumps into this very, very attractive man um, who we end up finding out um, is going to be her supervisor at the, at Horner Tech. And they end up hitting it off. Um, he's apparently a very, very good looking guy. You know, she describes him as this like older, very attractive, like he like sunshine basically. Um, and he ends up inviting her to this party at his house and they essentially kind of embark on this like crazy, crazy, like relationship is how I would describe it so when he brings her to this party um he introduces her to his roommates um specifically Dominic who is his best friend and his other best friends are there too um Tyler his friend Tyler is also very very important to the um to the the series but Dominic specifically is is the one that we're really, really getting to know as well as Sean in this. So the two of them work on cars, you know, it's, it's very, very peculiar, um, kind of how their relationship begins and, and ends. Um, it's, you know, in the beginning and I, it, it, and it's not anything against the book. There is a lot of world building in the beginning, you know, we're setting up the relationship between her and Sean, we're setting up, you know, getting to know a lot about Dominic and, you know, his role. And we find out that a, a lot of, like I said, a lot of the story is built up 
in the first book. We're setting up the scene for the next two books really, really well, I will say. So, you know, we can kind of already see even in the first book how it's like Dominic and Sean are, in just describing the two of them, they're literally like polar opposites. They're best friends. They're basically brothers. But we're essentially seeing how like Sean is always compared to like sunshine. He's like the golden boy, like bright, you know, lighthearted, caring, funny, like unbelievably sweet, you know, all of those things. And then we're, we start seeing that Dominic is kind of set up as this like sarcastic, like asshole who is like the darkness, essentially the darker side of it. Um, And you can definitely see, especially in the beginning a lot because Cecilia and Dom butt heads like frequently in the beginning. Um, And you can like tell, you can already kind of see where it's going. And like, it's, it starts like a very slow burn for the two of them. Um, Sean though, and Cecilia have this relationship though, which kind of like, it, it like jumps like it literally I can't even think of how else to describe it it's like they meet that day at orientation and then they're just always together from that point out like they've they literally are each other's everything and there is so many moments in the beginning with Sean and now finishing the series there's like going to be so many questions and like so many things that Sean says that are just make you like scratch your head a little bit um because he's very like anti-government and like very he like he roots for the little guy basically and like really wants what's best for the little guy and like really is challenging Cecilia to look at the world in a different way um than maybe she would initially look at um it's it's the craziest thing. Like I said, in the beginning, there's a lot. Um, he's going to have a lot of <laughs> some moments where it's just like, you're going to be like, okay, is this guy for real? And it's all going to make sense at the end, I promise. Um, but he literally wants her to question everything. Um, and it just keeps, like I said, the first like 12 chapters, everything is just kind of building and building and building up to this point and then you know essentially they kind of like hit their like I guess their point in the relationship where you know he says to her you know you're so much more a lot more and he even admits to her that like with you I'm feeling really selfish and she asks him like is that a bad thing and he said it's a really bad thing and like you can kind of already tell like I said that he's hiding something there is something going on that is gonna literally cause this to crash all of this is gonna come crashing down around them and like Dominic still kind of remains very cold and just very distant and really doesn't want anything to do with her and doesn't really think that she's worth keeping around like she's entertaining to him basically um and you know there's so 
she ends up kind of walking in on Dom sleeping naked. And that's kind of when she figures out that, holy crap, like I'm also attracted to Dominic as well. Um, and, you know, Sean and her are still having, you know, their relationship and their, their relationship is progressing and moving forward. And then all of a sudden we start to see that now Cecilia is looking at Dominic with interest as well. And Dom isn't really not looking, if that makes sense. Um, he's just still doing stuff to piss her off and they're butting heads and they're just making, you know, they get into like a, a silly fight about the fact that Dom is like kind of being a jerk to her and like she feels that Sean is not defending her. And she has one of the best lines in book one where she literally says, if a man seems too good to be true, he's usually a liar. And that to me is like, oh my God, like that's how I felt about guys like in college. Like it almost like the good guys almost felt too good to be true. Um, and she's so frustrated, I think. And just she feels like she can't trust Sean but she's falling for Sean and then Dominic is like pushing all of her buttons and she doesn't really feel like Sean has her back completely you know it's and we kind of are starting to see all of the cracks in Cecilia's armor at this point that you know having a really neglectful father and like really all Cecilia has ever wanted is love is to be like claimed and owned and ruled and like possessed by this like earth shattering love. And it just, she's like really starting to question all of those things. And it's making her like, look at her relationships. You know what I mean? With, with her father and look at how, you know, that isn't a relationship. It really isn't, you know, it's like a business transaction. And then you know, you have her looking at her relationship with Sean where she, you don't really know if she trusts him completely because it doesn't feel like he's giving her the big picture of everything, but you just, you're sitting there and your heart is breaking for her because you're rooting for them. Um, and it just, it's, you know, when I think, because I think people don't like, if you don't like spicy books, and this is the thing that I really, really want to stress Yes, there are sex scenes in this. Yes, at one point, we're going to get to the point where Sean and Dominic essentially are both going to be dating the same person. They're essentially in a, I guess the three of them are in a relationship, the two of them are in a relationship with Cecilia and they share and it's not awkward or uncomfortable. But I really, really want to explain that that is what's going on in the story, but it's not, it's not like super smutty like you know what I mean there's still so many other pieces of this story that is is in between you know the sex scenes and the love scenes and I just think that Kate Stewart did poured so much into these characters and even in the minor characters like Russell and Tyler um she's pouring so much into the story and building all of it is going to build up to the point that when you get to the last book it's going to literally feel like an exhale. You're going to be like, okay, like, I feel like we've reached that point. Um, so obviously I have given away a pretty, pretty big part of it, but that ends up being that Dominic and Cecilia also end up 
happening. So it, Dominic and Cecilia, like I said, their relationship is built on like his like contempt. Like it literally seems like Dominic hates her. And it's the, it's the craziest thing in the beginning because like you're confused how he could have such strong feelings for somebody that he's never met before. And it literally ends up taking him to, to, so he ends up pulling back the curtain a little bit into his life. Um, and he ends up taking Cecilia with him to go run an errand to take care of his sick aunt. Um, so we find out that Dominic is French. Um, he is from France that his aunt Delphine is, I think how you pronounce the name is also French. So, and Cecilia also speaks French, not fluently in the first book very well. Like she's a little out of practice, but she's able to understand conversations of it. And we, we see that Dominic and his aunt are speaking in French and are having a conversation and it starts to make Cecilia look at Dominic in a different way. And Delphine is sick and has cancer and, you know, needs to, to do treatment. And Dom really takes her to the treatment and brings Cecilia together. And then literally when they're about to leave, Cecilia and Delphine have this moment where I guess like Delphine, like really, really likes Cecilia and Cecilia and her have a really sweet moment that Dominic observes. And Delphine tells Dominic that Cecilia is too beautiful, too smart, and too young, and that she's going to be his undoing. And it's like from that point in flock, Dominic and Cecilia's relationship is like put on the fast track to like, okay, well, it's going to happen. Basically it's coming. Um, and they literally end up the three of them end up essentially having, you know, sex together at the, the two of them have sex with her while all of them are together. And it, it doesn't change the dynamic. And Sean even tells Cecilia, you know, after Dominic and her and Sean all sleep together, that it's not going to change anything, that it doesn't change anything, that he still feels the same way about her. And like, essentially, Sean isn't coming out and saying it, but like, we can go ahead and like clearly see that like Sean is in love with Cecilia. Cecilia is a hundred percent in love with Sean. And honestly, we're starting to see that, you know, Cecilia is kind of falling for Dominic too. And, you know, it's, they sleep together and then Cecilia has like a crisis about it because she feels like people are going to judge her about it. You know, it's, she doesn't know how to react. She doesn't know what to do. And Sean basically tells her, if you're wondering what you need to do, you do whatever the fuck you want to do. And you don't apologize for it ever. And it's such good advice. Like if you want something, there's that line from 10 things I hate about you, where it's like, don't ever let anybody make you feel like you don't deserve the things that you want and the things that you need. And it's such a good point. Like if that's what you want and you want to be with the two of us, who cares what anybody thinks if it's what you want. And he's already starting to set the stage for who Cecilia is going to become as a woman. Um, And then we start to notice some like weird stuff kind of happening in the background. Like 
Sean has this Raven tattoo and so does Dominic and we're seeing the tattoos and we kind of see that everybody kind of has them that they're hanging out with. Um, and there's some like shady, shady stuff going on like behind the scenes and we're confused because all of this is kind of happening while the, she's building these relationships with these guys and it doesn't feel like they're telling her anything either so it's there's just so much going on honestly um you know and Dominic and her are starting to now build a relationship after the first time that they sleep together and you can already kind of see that it's it's building to be something more and you know so much happens in the book I don't really want to break it down because there's obviously still so many books to go through but I have to say for me you know building these relationships with Sean between Sean and Cecilia and Dominic and Cecilia you know Kate Stewart did such a good job and you know we we Michelle and I talk about book boyfriends all the time but like I am gonna safely say it that Dominic King has officially like cemented himself as like I think the best book boyfriend of all time like hands hands down you know there's this one point where after you know he gets into a fight kind of protecting Sean that he essentially like sprains or breaks his hand um, and isn't really able to do much. So Cecilia kind of helps him out with like getting dressed and brings him breakfast and helps him do some work. And they're kind of sitting there together and it's, he says to her, I know what I'm holding. I know her worth. And it's just such a beautiful line and such a beautiful moment. And it's really the first time that the two of them have this connection just between the two of them. And like, you can kind of see that like they're, they treat her like she is valued and treasured and respected and loved. And there's no jealousy and there's nothing kind of between the two. And if again, you know, Dominic had that beautiful line about her being worth it. And then Dominic goes and does probably my favorite thing that I think any man has ever done for a woman in a book before is that, you know, it's a rainy, like crappy day outside and he just wants to lay in bed and read a book and he's laying there and he's reading and he, he says to her that I want you to lay down and I want you to sit here with me and read and he essentially pulls a pillow up to her and the two of them literally spend the whole rainy day in bed reading together and they they you know they order takeout and they just have this like beautiful day together where it's just perfect you know like that's how she describes it it's one of the best days she's ever had. Um, and it's, it gives her this like intimate look into who Dominic is. So, and this is, and I'm saying this because in the next book, cause we're going to move on to Exodus next because it's so, it's so good. Um, she tells him, you know, my rainy days are yours, Dominic. And that's fine. But 
my sunny days are going to belong to Sean. Because like I said, we've seen in this book, they're setting the two of them up. Sean is sunshine and goodness and, you know, love and all the positive stuff. And Dom is the rain and, you know, the, the heavier things and the darker of the two. Um, so, you know, now we kind of start to see the cracks and everything. They're keeping a lot from her. It's, it's literally like all of a sudden they're in this relationship and there is all of these secrets going on and it just all comes to a like screeching screeching halt where we end up finding about the ravenhood and the ravenhood is something that they're both a part of and that they're both involved in and basically we end up finding out that you know they were really trying to shelter Cecilia from the hires up in Ravenhood because they didn't want her involved in kind of what is happening in the background of all of this and all of a sudden everything comes crashing down because somebody let it slip that Dominic and Sean were essentially in a relationship with Cecilia the both of them and it literally when I say comes crashing down to a halt it all comes crashing down to a halt where they essentially cut her off um, book one ends with them cutting her off and then they play this Simon and Garfunkel song. Um, which, Cecilia, ironically enough, by Simon and Garfunkel. And the song is basically like saying that, you know, Cecilia just kind of sleeps around and it's not a serious thing. Like they really try to downplay what their relationship was. Um, and they kind of cut her out basically. And they don't let her come back to them and essentially, like I said, cut her completely, completely out. They have nothing to do with her. And Dominic ends up at the end of the book trying to come to her one last time to kind of explain, listen, like, this is what's going on. Like, we're doing this because we're trying to protect you. We're trying to keep you safe. Like, it's you know, this is what's happening. You know, we caught feelings. We love you. You know, we're just trying to do what's right. And Sean events, eventually it doesn't work. She kicks Dominic out. And then Sean kind of tries to do the same thing. And she just is like, you know what? I'm, I'm terrified and I'm scared. And Sean says, you know, I need you to wait for us. We're going to come back and we're going to get you. And, you know, in the book, we've heard about the Frenchman been mentioned, um, and the book one ends literally with the Frenchman confronting Cecilia and that sets us up for Exodus, which Exodus I knew was going to be, I think the knife in my heart in the series. And of all of the books, I think for me, Exodus, I liked flock. I, I enjoy all of them for different reasons, but Exodus is like the knife in the heart for me because it literally shattered me. And I know from seeing it on book talk and seeing it kind of everywhere that I knew that it was going to do that, but like, I was not prepared for what it was going to do. And 
we kind of take off where we left off where the Frenchman comes into Cecilia's life and we end up finding out that um, his name is Tobias. His name is Tobias King. Um, and we end up finding out that Tobias King is leading the Ravenhood. He's like the, one of the key players and that he's also Dominic's older brother which is like a bomb in all of this. And we start noticing right away that he literally is trying to bring down Cecilia's father, Roman, um, because he's crooked and, you know, he he essentially, again, I don't want to give too much away because like I said, guys, I, I could sit here for hours breaking down the plot of it, but essentially Roman covered up a pretty big accident that killed Dominic and Tobias's parents and left them orphaned. Um, and then basically just gave them a settlement and like paid them off. And that was the end of it. And like, it never felt like justice was really served. So we're set up into this, knowing how much the two of them hate Roman Horner. And like, you start to wonder, like, uh, you know, it, it's, is it a coincidence that Cecilia is now dating Dominic? And I mean, Sean is not actually related to them, but is like a brother. Is it a coincidence that this happened? Is it a coincidence that Cecilia has found herself kind of in the middle of this? And, you know, Dominic and Sean are basically gone for the book. This Exodus is split into two parts. Um, the first part picks up from where the first book left off. So it's in the past. And we end up going to present day, the second half of the book, after a pretty big event happens in the book. So... Tobias and Cecilia, you know, Cecilia has to, is almost done with her, her agreement with her father. It's nearing the end. She ends up becoming cut off from Sean and Dominic completely. They basically ghost her and she doesn't hear from them. She never sees them. It's, they're basically just like in the background without actually being present. And Tobias is essentially going to stay with Cecilia to ensure because he doesn't trust her, that she's not going to give any of the secrets because what they're doing is they're dismantling and taking down people. It's very much like Robin Hood is how I would describe it. Like they're the Robin Hood in this sense. Like they're giving back to the people who need the money more. They're stealing from the rich to give to the poor basically. And you have Tobias who is now living under the same roof, roof as Cecilia. And we can see that the two of them are like on a collision course now. So she essentially breaks up with Dominic and Sean, you know, it's been months since they've had a relationship. Tobias comes in and like, you can already kind of see, like, it's getting set up that these two are going to have like crazy, crazy chemistry. And, you know, you, like I said, as much as I love Dominic and I loved Sean in the first book, you can already see that Tobias is like end game for Cecilia, that they're going to fall in love so fully and so beautifully that it's literally going to erase everything from in Cecilia's mind you know what I mean and it really does and you kind of see the difference in their relationship shift and you're going to see the shift in Exodus with them um we end up finding out later on just as Tobias and her are kind of having this relationship in our are being really supportive of each other. And they have so many beautiful moments, I think, in Exodus in the beginning. Um, we end up finding out though, you know, Dominic and Sean ends up coming to get Cecilia. We find out that 
when Tobias found out what they were doing with Cecilia, he shipped them both off to France where they were not to have any communication with her whatsoever. And it was their punishment for what they did basically. And in, in their punishment, it gave Tobias enough time to come in and steal Cecilia away from Dominic and Sean. And they end up, they end up coming back and it puts everything on this like this like it's heartbreaking like so, so Dominic and Sean ends up coming back and it just it it crushes you because Dominic and Sean are outraged and angry and they're so upset and crushed because it feels like they were forced away and they were trying to explain to to Tobias before he sent them away that she was different that they really loved her and they wanted they wanted to build a life with her and he basically didn't believe them and sent them off on on their way and Dominic and Sean just come back and are crushed because this is the woman they love And they're watching Tobias and Cecilia interact and they're like, oh my God, like the two of them have fallen in love and she is never going to be ours again. She's always going to belong to him. And like I said, the relationship between Tobias and Cecilia is so different than the other two. And like I said, when you start seeing their relationship build in Exodus, you can tell that it's going to be different right away. Um, And which leads me probably to the part of the book that crushed me as much as it did. Um, After they're discovered, Cecilia basically throws Tobias out because she's so angry about what happened with Dominic and Sean that he took them away from her, that Tobias, well, we don't know in Exodus, at, at this point in Exodus, we don't know that he did it, but Tobias essentially has Cecilia drugged and tattooed with the Raven tattoo that I had mentioned about in flock before. And she doesn't know if it was something that Dominic did, if it was something Sean did, she doesn't know who did it to her at this point in the book. She doesn't know who tattooed her, but basically it's like, she feels like she's been branded. So she wakes up kind of like sore and finds the tattoo and basically loses it. And Dominic ends up coming back and tries to have a conversation with Cecilia and Cecilia is so shaken up that when she sees Dominic's gun like she freaks out and he literally puts it down and is like you know like you know me like I'm not gonna hurt you and she tells him that she was drugged and tattooed and he is horrified and you know they end up having a conversation about, you know, what's going, what happened with Tobias and her. And, you know, Dominic says to her, you know, she said, why can't I hate you? You know, after everything that's happened, why can't I hate you? And he said the same reason I can't do it to you. And he says to her at that moment, I haven't seen him look at any woman the way he looked at you. I've never seen him light up like that. I knew at the minute I saw you two together, I knew that we were fucked. Sean did too. And you know, he says, I can hate him for taking what didn't belong to him, but it's the truth, you know, it, so we end up finding out that Dominic was in love with her, 
but that he also knows that it's it's never going to happen that Tobias really is is end game for her and we end up finding out somebody ends up letting themselves into Cecilia's house and Tobias is there and Cecilia is there and essentially it's told that like it's basically they've been cornered um guns come into play there's a lot going on and there is this quote that floats around on TikTok on book talk and this was what dragged me into wanting to read this book essentially is Dominic looks at Cecilia and basically says to her like after all this is done, like, we're going to go watch this movie and you're going to make the popcorn that I love. And we're going to go under our favorite blanket. And it's like so beautiful. And I'm sobbing at this point, you know, reading this book and he's just, it's, it's such a beautiful speech to her. And it's probably my favorite line in all three of the books where he just looks at her and, you know, we've, we talked about it in flock that rainy days belong to Dom and, you know, the, the laying in bed together and raining it's their, it's important in their relationship, you know, that they love each other. That's, that's their thing. And he literally looks at her as this gun is pointed at him and all of these things are going on. And he literally looks at her and he says, we love rainy days, don't we baby? And she's just sobbing and Tobias is freaking out at this point. And it just, it, Dominic ends up getting shot fatally. Um, and he tells Tobias that, you know, we both knew I wasn't going to make it to 30 and, you know, it's your job now to take care of her. And it literally sets off this chain reaction even more so now. And, you know, they end up pulling Cecilia from the house and it's the last time that she ends up seeing Tobias. So Cecilia, you know, is escorted from there and is basically told to leave and never turn back and never come back. And she's 19 at this point. So that's the first part of Exodus. The second part of Exodus picks back up when Cecilia is 26. Her and Tobias essentially have had no contact with one another. She tries to have a normal life. You know, she can't shake him. And the two of them basically go back and forth like cat and mouse, trying to figure out how the hell to to get back to each other because she's trying to fight for him and he's pushing her away. And the second book, the second half of the second book is just the two of them trying to find their footing together. Um, And that's really all I'm going to say about that one. The third book, just to put it kind of point blank and simply is from Tobias's and Cecilia's point of view. Um, it is split. So we actually get a lot of Tobias's background in this book. So it'll flip through different years for him. So from when he's a child to an adult to up until he meets Cecilia, you know, we, we start to see his relationship with Dominic and his relationship with Sean and how he gets involved in Raven, in the Ravenhood, um, you know, how he gets involved with all of that. And we learn so much about him. And essentially he's coming to Cecilia at the end of Exodus and the beginning of finish line, wanting to actually give this a try and wanting to build this relationship because it's the love of his life and he's the love of her life. And the two of them are just trying to figure out how to have 
a relationship together and, you know, what that looks like. And she really makes him fight tooth and nail to try to like repair what he's broken because so much has been broken and there's so little trust in the beginning on her behalf. But he, at the end of everything, when all is said and done, ends up really finding his way. They really find their way back to each other. And the book ends with, you know, finding out that Sean, you know, has married again. It it ties everything up so beautifully and so well that, you know, it just, I'm getting like emotional just thinking about it. Like I think about a moment in Exodus when Sean you know, it's, it's when Cecilia's older before the end of Exodus, she ends up going to go see Sean one last time. And Sean had this nickname for her pup is what he used to call her. And they're talking about everything. And, you know, she's leaving town because, you know, Tobias essentially has pushed her away and said, it's never going to happen. You need to leave right now. And she goes to see Sean before she leaves. And Sean and her have this moment and, you know, they, they have not had any moments since flock, um, since he's confronted her and since Dominic dies. And when they, when they are together again, you know, we find out that Sean is married with kids that, you know, he, he's got a life that he never imagined he was able to have. And, you know, Cecilia just asks him and says, are you happy? Like, are you, are you where you thought you were going to be? And and he literally says, I'm so fucking happy pup. Like I have everything that I could have ever wanted for myself, but like, you know, and it's such a beautiful way to think about how the story ends. And I think finish line, the last chapter of finish line is Sean having a moment with his oldest son, who's I think 14 or 15, who they named Dominic after Dominic. And they have such a sweet moment at the end of the book where it just tied everything in and where he begins to explain to his son about what he's doing and what he really does. And it just brings everything full circle. I literally have goosebumps talking about this, but like I say, Kate Stewart poured so much into these characters and into these relationships. And like, you feel everything like while it's happening, every little piece of it, you literally just, you're feeling it. The writing style is so beautiful. The descriptions, the there's just like, when I say that I have highlighted so many passages in this book, like I, I think I went through two highlighters by the end of two or three highlighters by the end of the series, because it literally was just so lovingly like poured into. And like, that's the best part about books is like when an author really does put so much into these characters and building them their story and giving them their moments. It's, it's so beautiful. And like I said, it, to me, it's far exceeded any expectation I could have had for the series. Like I said, obviously guys, there's a lot that I'm not including in this. I really, really do think if you have not had the opportunity to go pick them up, I don't know what you're waiting for. Go get them. Like I said, it's, it is one of the best series that I have read hands, hands down. And like I said, at the end of when all is said and done after watching her essentially have relationships with three different guys in this series, you know, I think what everybody is going to want to know is who's, who was my choice for her. And honestly, I can safely, safely say, it's 
such a tough question. I loved all of the relationships for different reasons. Each one for a different reason. I have to say though, Dominic King was my, was my guy in this book, you know, the reading and the rainy days. And just, I think he had such a beautiful character, you know, development from the beginning to, to the end. And to me, it just, it is the most beautiful gift. I, th- I feel like he gave his brother the most beautiful gift. And that was the woman that they both loved. And he sacrificed everything. So his brother didn't have to lose the woman that he treasured and that he cared about and that he loved more than anything. And it, he's the best. I really, I think Dominic of all three of them is definitely my favorite. I love her and Tobias though too. And I loved her and Sean, but I'm going to have to go with Dominic King hands down. I think it was so, his, him as a character, it was just so, so good. Um, and like I said, all of, even the minor characters, everything is set up so beautifully. There's no other way to describe it. So, all right, guys. Well, if you have made it to the end of this episode, I appreciate it. It's very weird to not have somebody kind of to go back and forth with, but I kind of liked it a little bit. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Like I said, the book series um, is called the Ravenhood series by Kate Stewart, Flock, Exodus, and the Finish Line. Go pick them up. Let me know what you think. And please, if you are not already, make sure that you give our podcast a rating, five-star rating. If you're enjoying what you're listening to, if you want to hear more, make sure that you hit the follow or subscribe button, depending on what platform you're listening to. And please make sure you find us on Instagram, Well Red Sisters. We are trying to get back up and running with Into the Swing of Things. We love to hear from you guys. We've gotten so many sweet and positive messages and it, like I said, it means the absolute world. I can speak on behalf of Michelle and I in that it means the world to us to hear all of the positive feedback that we get from you guys. So thank you guys so much for tuning in and we will catch you next episode.